It is January, and we're only a few weeks away from FCS spring football, but the off-season storylines are just constantly changing, and they're constantly updating. Joining us right now to break it all down and make sense of it is Craig Haley, Stats Perform FCS Senior Editor. Craig, thank you so much for the time. hope you're having a great Monday. <laughs> yes, appreciate you having me on, Anthony. Well, Craig, let's just get right to it. Uh, Friday, uh, a lot of news. Obviously, the A-Sun picking up a few teams from the OVC. Um, the landscape has definitely changed, no question about that. It already did with the WAC joining and picking up teams. Now the A-Sun as well. Uh, what do you make of the movement here for some teams going to the WAC and going to the A-Sun now? Well, I mean, I think both leagues... You know, the A-Sun and the WAC, you know, they're starting off in good standing, you know, from a football perspective because they're getting quality established programs. Uh, I, I think it's great for the two of them. You know, it's not good for the conferences who, who you know, lost the majority of them. You know, you're looking at, a, you know, the, the Southland losing a bunch, five, uh, you know, the OVC losing two main ones and Jacksonville State and Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, those are the big hits. Um, you know, it's just a part of the of the college landscape that's been going on for a long time. It had kind of slowed a little bit, conference realignment, but it's really come back on a big, big in a big way here on the FCS level. Are you surprised at how quickly the A Sun was able to put this all together? Because I mean, what right now they're able this season in the fall, being it, uh, they're going to be one of the conferences to get an automatic berth right in its first year. They've done a good job. I mean, the commissioner, you know, Ted Gumbart, he's actually, this is like two years in the making. I mean, Mm. yeah, you know, it's really heated up in the last half a year. But at the same time, you know, even Greg Seitz, the athletic director from uh, Jacksonville State, you know, on their conference call last week after the announcement on Friday, he's freely mentioned that he'd been in contact with, with Commissioner Gumbart and had conversations for, he mentioned, five, six years. You know, so it's been a long time coming, but really the main aspect of it has, has come in the last two years for the A-Sun, where the WAX, you know, has probably been itching for a while, having been out of football since 2012. You know, obviously it used to be much bigger with, with an FBS, you know, big-time league, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe they're headed back there at some point, but, you know, it will take steps. So I, I do think... You know, even though we're just hearing about them in the last year or so, it's they've all you know both leagues have been taking steps along the way. What do you think about the OVC in the Southland? Where do they go from here since they've lost multiple teams? Uh, do they stick around? Do they ultimately even lose more members at some point? Well, the odd thing is, if if you think after the Big Three, uh, you know, the Big Sky, Missouri Valley, and CAA, the next group has been. The Southland, the OVC, and, and, you know, the Southern Conference used to really be big with, you know, Georgia Southern and, uh, and App State when they were there. So if, if you looked at that next group, you're talking about two of the three taking a big hit here. Uh, so I find that a little odd. It just shows you it could happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it takes a while to regroup. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, the Big South looked like they might be uh, you know, really in trouble with losing, you know, programs like Coastal Carolina and Liberty. And, and before that, uh, Stony Brook had been in the league and, and then left for the CAA. They've regrouped nicely in the, in the last couple of years. That's what's going to have to happen for the Southland and the OVC. Who it is, uh, you know, who's to say right now, but, you know, it's going to take some, 
some time for them to really, you know, come back. And, and if you think about it, the SOCON has not come back without App State and Georgia Southern to the level they were on. Mm-hmm. And now those three will really be a step, you know, a bigger step behind uh, the big three in the FCS. Craig, what do you, Craig, do you think the conference realignment, is this done or are we going to see even more, more here in the next couple of years? I'd have to say it has to slow at some point unless, you know, the, the power five on the FBS level does break off from from the group of five and, and just goes their own way. Then that group of five is going to have to merge with some of the bigger conferences on the FCS level and, and, and schools from the bigger conferences. Uh, that's when it would really, really, you know, <laughs> be out of control in some ways. But unless the the Power Five does, you know, if they, if they don't break off, then I have to think it it'll slow at some point. And 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 really, it had for two or three years here until all this has broken in the last year, mainly on the FCS level. Right now, we are with Craig Haley, stats performer, FCS senior editor. As we were talking FCS football, as uh, we are seeing the landscape change. Craig, let me get your thoughts on this. Who do you think becomes a stronger conference? A conference that has teams that are better overall, that we're going to see multiple teams in the top 25, I mean, multiple teams possibly in the playoffs once we get back to a little bit more normal uh, season. A-Sun or, or WAC? Which one do you think will be better? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I guess my first thought would be the A-Sun uh, being in the, you know, the Southeast where, you know, football is, is religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have two really strong programs built in at this time in, in uh, Jacksonville State and uh, and Central Arkansas and also uh, Kennesaw State. I don't want to forget them out of the Big South. I mean, they've become a top ten like program. Um, Eastern Kentucky used to be on a high level, has to kind of get back. So I'd have to say that's the stronger conference on paper than than the WAC. Uh, the WAC also being a little more spread out, um, you know, w- without maybe the the natural rivalries that you're going to see a little more in the A-Sun. So I I think the A-Sun for sure in that question. Craig, looking at uh, some other FCS news, obviously Montana State, they're still looking for their next head coach. Um, Let me get your thoughts on this first. Were you surprised? I mean, obviously, you know, Jeff Choate was the connections to Boise State, but once he got through, did you think he would stay? And how surprised were you when it was announced that he was going to Texas? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we all kind of felt that you know, Boise State was was his uh, um, his, his big opportunity, um, and, and not happening. I, I do feel, you know, coaches for sure are are looking all times, or, or at least other schools are looking at big time coaches. And, and Jeff Trote is an excellent coach. So, yes, we didn't see it coming with Texas, but mm-hmm. at the same time, when you look back, it's probably not surprising because. You know, the the money is there on the FCS level. You know, he's almost, like, I guess, tripling his salary. Um, and, it, you know, it's a big-time opportunity. I mean, uh, Texas has basically the most money in, in football as far as boosters and, and just what what goes into the program. So it's not surprising in the long run. But, yes, you, you want to believe at the time that once one opportunity isn't there, you, you, you know, he's going to stay. But... And if you look now, I mean, just great candidates in the mix are being talked about in the mix. So it's a great program. And, you know, at some point, we probably should have known he'd be moving on. 
Yeah, I was going to say, when it comes to the FCS, it just feels like if you've got a really great football coach and, uh, you know, given Choate's age as well, they want to take that opportunity to get that chance uh, to go up there. And with that being said, obviously, you know, Jeff Fisher's name has been talked about. It looked like he was at least flying over Bozeman. Can't say for sure if he landed, but uh, what do you think about their coaching searches? Leon Costello has a really big decision here. Yes, I, I mean, the, the names are great, you know, I mean, just, you know, the ones who used to be at North Dakota State, you know, Paul Asek and, and, and Brent Vegan, I mean, and, and Lubick uh, at, at Nebraska, Mike Riley, some of the names you're hearing. You know, Jeff Fisher is kind of odd because if you're really serious about the, the situation or, or if Montana State was serious and you, I don't think he'd necessarily be posting, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm arriving here. So he might have duped everybody. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Obviously, he did have some. He's had some interest, but whether you know Montana State has interest in him, I don't know because he, he is an older coach, has been out of the game, and, and you know his his history is on the NFL level. So you you would think generally you want somebody who's been in colleges for a while now. So the, the, those names there are great. You know which direction they they go, I, I'm not sure, but you know it, it just shows you the level of Montana State that that they can attract those kind of candidates. Craig, we get ready for the spring football season. Obviously, Montana and Montana State have opted out of the Big Sky Conference uh, spring football season. So let me get your thoughts here. I I still think we will see games played, but ultimately I'm not entirely sure we get to the FCS playoffs. Uh, What do you think? Do you think we get to to that point? (laughs) I'd have to say yes, Hmm. but we all have to, you know, be able to accept that there's going to be starts and stops along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one team may have four games in the regular season. Another team may have seven. You know, it's all going to be different. And, and you know, you're going to lose players that are key players along the way if, if they, you know, have coronavirus or, or have to quarantine because of contact tracing. We saw what happened on the FBS level, and, and, and even though it succeeded in, in the long run and, and finished the season – you know, here it's starting at a time where the numbers are very high across the country. You know, I guess, you know, in the summer you hope that it would be the better time this spring, but mm-hmm. we're not quite there. I do think it's great that the schools are giving it a chance here. You know, almost 100 will be playing. You know, I think it's a, you know, a real hit to the gut when you lose Montana and Montana State. I mean, those are just programs that are among the elite. But I, th- I just think we have to be able to accept a different kind of season in a season where there's not competitive equity, where everybody's playing on a level playing field. Some are, are, are you know, just not going to be able to, to, to keep up uh, game-wise, and, and we're all going to have similar resumes that we're used to to evaluate the playoffs. So it's just going to be different. But, uh, yes, I'm going to say right now they do make it to the finish line. Right now, we are with Craig Haley, Stats Performer, FCS Senior Editor. Uh, Craig, looking at it, it is Super Bowl week here. You did have a feature with you and two other authors uh, talking about the most impressive stretch for Tom Brady, who goes to his 10th Super Bowl. Uh, it does happen for my favorite team, so i got to say I'm, I'm really excited about that. But, uh, Craig, for you, for you, man, you picked 2009-2014. Why do you like that stretch? <laughs> well, yes, we did break it up into uh, the first stretch was seven years, and then a couple six seasons, six year seasons. Um, I, I and we threw out the year he was injured, and 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 his rookie year where he only played in one game. 
I think you can really sit here and make a case for any of the three, uh, mm-hmm. you know, periods, time periods that we looked at. My, the, the part of the time period, the, the period that I looked at, 2009 to 14, he has the fewest Super Bowl appearances and wins. He won one, appeared in two, where the other two, you're talking four appearances. Um, so I, I think that's the negative there. But, you know, he, he was at, um, basically, uh, you know, went to another level from, from early in his career as far as passing the ball, as, as passing offenses took off. Um, you know, he's had his two highest passing yardage seasons in that in that run. Uh, it was 2010, uh, 2011, or excuse me, two, uh, 2011 and, and 12. I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of that. But, but, I mean, you're talking, you know, uh, 10,000 yards just from those two seasons combined. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was winning at an elite level uh, in the regular season. Never missed a Pro Bowl. Uh, but, again, I mean, we, we, we threw out this article on, on Twitter and took a poll. Uh, the middle section was just edged by 2015 to the present, which I have no problem saying is the best either because he's just been phenomenal. Uh, I just think... Brady getting to the Super Bowl in his first year off to Tampa Bay is is just, you know, the capper on everything, and he is the quarterback goat for sure. Yeah, no question about that. Because, uh, like I said, I mean, I listen. I I thought this was a possibility, but a very slim one. I had no uh, idea that we would actually be able to see the Bucks uh, in the Super Bowl, even with Tom Brady. So, let me get your thoughts on this, Craig. Because obviously, when you think about the all-time greatest athletes, you think of guys like uh, you know Michael Jordan and his six rings. Obviously, LeBron's in that conversation just for what he's done and his dominance as well. Um, is it now maybe even more to look at Tom Brady as one of the greatest athletes of this generation if maybe he wins his seventh Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, you could definitely say accomplished athlete. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> his ability to, to run uh, <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> makes, it, makes him athlete in quotes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as accomplishments, there's there's no comparison among quarterbacks in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... and it, you're playing a position where it's about winning and to take, you know, 10 teams to be the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl, which is double the next best John Elway with five, uh, is, is just tells you your, you know, how accomplished you are. I mean, if, if they win, as you know, the Tampa Bay, he'd have seven uh, Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. No franchise can, can say that. <laughs> So, as far as accomplished athlete, yes, he's 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 the man among quarterbacks. And you know, different eras, you know, sometimes make it hard to compare athletes. But I just think when you're winning on that level, let alone having you know among the best statistics, you're you're just at the top of your game. So I I, I think. There's no way you cannot say he's the quarterback goat, and and he's right there in you know top five, top ten of all time athletes. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I know it's early in the week, so I'm not gonna say you have to commit to this pick. <laughs> but who are you leaning to here on a Monday as we we're only a couple days away from the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, you want me to say the Bucks, right? <laughs> well, I mean, hey, if you want to, like I said, I don't know how I feel. I'm feeling superstitious about this game, to be completely honest. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think they have it nailed with a three point line. I think it's a close game. You know, the the Chiefs favored by three. I think Mahomes 
you know, showed he's healthy in, in the championship game, and, and when he's healthy, he's just phenomenal. I, I think they go back and forth. I mean, I, I do worry about Brady, uh, you know, avoiding uh, the pass rush at, at, at his age, mm-hmm. but hey, how can you put it against, you know, put it past him to just come out and just, you know, pick a, pick an, a defense apart? I, I think it's a close game. I really do. Uh, I think the point spread is right, so I, I do think the Chiefs should be the favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just rooting for a great game, uh, and I, I think we'll have one. Fair enough, fair enough. Our featured guest joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, Craig Haley from Stats Perform FCS Senior Editor. Craig, if they want to follow your work, how can they do that? Sure. I mean, we're uh, fcs.football, uh, our website for, for Stats Perform FCS, uh, statsperform.com. You know, on Twitter, I'm Craig uh, at Craig Haley, and then we're also FCS underscore stats. Uh, we're basically 24-7 when it comes to, to FCS football. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of ways to, to check us out. Craig, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight. Have yourself a great rest of your Monday night. You too, Anthony. You have a terrific show. Thank you.